we started a conversation on the need to grow. And uh, we were looking at Luke chapter 1, verse 80. I'm sure um, we will have the scriptures on the screen. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. And tells us that the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation. He grew and he was strong in spirit. We read also from Galatians 4, verse 1, how the heir and us is not different from the slave, even though he is master of all, praise God. And we started a conversation about the need, the urgent need for growth. And we received a lot of feedback on how that message has blessed a lot of people. And thank you for the feedback. Uh, but we're praying for the grace to actually act on the word, to actually take action, to have a shift in your current state. Wherever and whatever level you currently are, there is room for growth. Praise God. Praise God. And we're going, we are going to continue that conversation this morning before we go into the anointing portion of the service and the communion. Growth. It is mandatory. It's urgent and the time is now that a people will rise in maturity, in stature, and will become all that they were created to be. It is my prayer that that will be your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. So last week, at some point, we mentioned that growth has indices. Growth has indices, and none of those indices is time. How long? How long? We talked about the possibility of being long in church, but not long in Christ. All right, so that you've been attending church or you're a worker in church doesn't guarantee spiritual growth. It doesn't guarantee spiritual growth. And how exactly can we measure? How exactly can we tell that someone is growing or someone is no longer a baby, an infant, a canal Christian? How exactly can we start? All right, I know it's the first Sunday in the month of April. But it's a very important conversation, and I'm sure you are going to be blessed. There will be practical steps that you can take after this, and it is my belief and confidence that the grace to rise beyond uh, every power that has held you down and pulled you back will be released, that you will break forth, your light will break forth in the mighty name of Jesus. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. I will just bring out three important points from that verse that we must pay attention to as far as spiritual growth is concerned. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith. I'm sure they're going to put it on the screen for you. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. It's there. To a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm going to read that again. Till, until we come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of God, knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Remember, this is a message that is calling us. It's a call to a generation, a call to a people to rise from immaturity, to rise from religion, to rise from business as usual, to rise from church attendance, from church gymnastics, from church drama, from church activity, to a place of communion, a place of growth, to a place of a deeper walk, 
And it shows us here in the scripture, this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, until we come, until we come, until there is something that will continue. It's a process. So growth is not an event. Growth is not an event. You don't grow by impartation. I know your general overseer is anointed. The moment he lays hand on you, what is transferred is supernatural grace. It's impartation of giftings, all right? A transmission of possibilities. However, growth is a process until we all come. Until we all come. So, let's dive in a bit there. Three things. It says, to the unity of the faith. Unity of the faith. Many people have read this as the uniformity of the faith. Hmm. Uniformity of the faith. There are many people who are of the opinion that the church of God is very divided and God wants us to be united and we have to be united. That is what they are saying. But what they mean actually is that we have to be uniform. We have to dress the same way. We have to look the same way. We have to speak the same way. In fact, one of the ways you identify immature Christians is that there is an inability to enjoy fellowship with the brethren. Immediately it is outside their church. They don't know what is going on. Oh, this is not how we say the opening prayer in my church. This is not how the choir ministers. We don't sing these kinds of songs in my own church. It's too slow. It's too fast. It's too upbeat. It's too low beat. The people are dancing too much. The people are not dancing. All right? And they think that is what unity means. No, that is uniformity. And that's a mark of immaturity. An inability to enjoy fellowship with other brethren. Praise God. I need you to follow me closely this morning. It says we are coming to the unity of the faith. And it doesn't leave that to doubt. It tells us the test for unity of the faith. Not uniformity. Uniformity means we look alike. It means we have the same um, standards of belief. We have the same doctrinal uh, leanings. It, it, it means we all agree on the same thing. And that's not feasible. It's not feasible. We are going to have denominations. We are going to have different tribes. We are going to have different expressions. We are going to have different codes. We are going to have different family dynamics and characteristics. We are going to have the places where the worship has to be upbeat. Like we do here in KICC. Praise God. Praise God. And there are going to be some places. It's just, I should be able to enjoy fellowship with them. Because there is a unity of the faith, not a uniformity of the faith. It doesn't have to be your pastor preaching. It doesn't have to be my pastor preaching. The style might be different. But the unity of the faith is indicated by the knowledge of the Son of God. Number two. That is what we are not permitted to differ on. The person of Jesus. The person of the Christ. The person of Christ. The Son of God. The knowledge. The growth in the knowledge of the Son of, of, of God. Of Jesus. That we are not allowed to differ on. Our styles might differ, but Jesus does not change. Praise God. Our approach to worship might differ, but the core of Christ remains the same. I don't know what your church is called. I don't know what denomination you subscribe to, but the centerpiece of unity is our agreement. It means if you believe in Jesus, you are my brother. If you believe in Jesus, you are my sister. I can enjoy fellowship with you. You can enjoy fellowship with me. The style might differ. The expressions might differ. But we cannot, we are not permitted under God 
to differ on the knowledge of the Son of God. Praise God. And it says there is a degree of perfection in that knowledge. You can learn more and understand more about Christ. You can learn more about Christ. Number three, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The measure of the stature. That is the a degree of inclination to the character of the Christ. Praise God. You know the Bible tells us about the folks who were first referred to as Christians. It was a nickname. It, it, it was not a birthright. It wasn't an interest. It, it, it wasn't Jesus didn't say, Come, I name you Christians. No. The Bible tells us that a group of people had a dynamic character expression that the people who saw them said, These ones are acting like Christ. Like Christ. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Praise God. Praise God. So, dear child of God, stop looking for uniformity. It's a sign of immaturity. The styles may differ, but we insist on the knowledge of Christ. And that's how you know a Christian who is growing. They are growing in the knowledge of Christ. And they are growing in the measure of the stature. In terms of having godly character. Not gymnastics. Not amazing prophetic gifts. He says, though I speak in the tongues of angels and the tongues of men, Though I make noise like clang, clanging cymbals, he says, I give all that I have and donate to the poor. He says, and I have no love. No love. All right. So, in the measure of that character. And Paul goes on to tell, tell us about the fruits of the Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. So, I just wanted to make clear initially those indices. You can tell when someone is growing. Not how well they know the church. Not how well they know the pastor. Not how well they understand motivation. Not how well they speak positively. All those things are eventual expressions. But at the very core is a knowledge of the Son of God. A knowledge of the Christ. There has to be a system that ensures growth in the knowledge of the Son of God. And also a training system that brings us closer. In a measure of that stature of the fullness of Christ. Praise God. And the Lord is raising an army. An army of people. An army of people full of power, full of grace, full of the anointing, and full of character. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. So before we have any conversation about growth, the first thing is you have to be born. You have to be, there has to be birth before there is growth. John chapter 3 verse 3. It's a song we used to sing back in the day in Sunday school. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Praise God. Praise God. Help me tap your neighbor say you must be born again. I know they probably are, but we can't be too sure. Tell them you must be born again. I know you've been born. I know your age. I probably know your age. I can guess your age. Tell them you need to be born again. You need to be born again. Praise God. That's where it begins. Uh, if you remember from last week, we said it's possible to be in church and not born again. Praise God. So you need to be born again. You need to be born again. That's the first basic level. There has to be birth before we start talking about growth. Before we start talking about growth. Praise God. Praise God. And after birth, then we have this conversation. And I want you to follow closely. Follow me very closely. I, I have spent a large chunk of my life in hospital environments. Follow me. I was a medical student for many years, practiced medicine for a couple of years. So I've been in hospitals, all right? And for a lot of you watching here, you've also witnessed the delivery 
wing of an hospital, maybe the post-delivery ward where you go to greet a mother and to congratulate her. So you will be able to follow me with what I am about to describe here. And you will see the injustice uh, of how we attempt to reproduce this in the church and in the, um, um, in the space of, of our supernatural stewardship. Follow me. So imagine, imagine that a mother is in the delivery room and she pushes, pushes, pushes and gives birth. All right. And for somebody listening, you are saying, yes, you see, that pastor believes only in pushing to give birth. He didn't mention cesarean section. So we must deliver like the Hebrew women. Hey, hey. All right. Please don't make me digress from my message. Please. All right. God has given medicine and medical science the wisdom to minimize the affliction in the world. All right. Cesarean section, if recommended by your health professionals, is a valid option through which God can use to bring you to a safe delivery. Did you hear that? Yes. So you can quote that anywhere. Praise God. So you just witnessed, or maybe you didn't just witness, but it just happened, the delivery of this child, this beautiful baby girl, this handsome baby boy, or as we say, bouncing baby, all right? Or it, it's just the end of the procedure, the end of the caesarean section, and the baby is out. All right? Now, follow me. The midwife takes the baby and tells the baby, this beautiful child, welcome to the world. Welcome. Welcome. I mean, it depends on the country of birth, you know. Some children come and they are like, where am I? They are scanning for mosquitoes. Is it hot? Did God answer my prayer or not? Am I in the right country? Praise God. All right, so follow me, follow me. So the midwife says, or the attendant, delivery attendant, maybe the nurse or the doctor, says, congratulations, baby. Welcome to the world. He says, now that you have arrived in the world, let me tell you, this world is a very tough place. In fact, right now, we are dealing with a pandemic. It's a tough world. Talking to the baby, it's a tough world. He says, but that might not be a problem for now. The responsibility you have now is to grow. Say, baby, say after me, grow. You have to grow. And for you to grow, look around for the best breast milk in town. Okay? Look around for the best breast milk and you must grow. Okay? And then you just drop the baby. Now, if you were to witness that sort of conversation, what would your response be? Yeah, I can see you saying, oh, no, of course, of course, that's ridiculous. Of course, it's ridiculous. Yes, it's really ridiculous. But many times in the body of Christ, that is what we've done. We've witnessed Christ to people and we've told them to look for a Bible-believing church. How does a newborn convert know a Bible-believing church? How? by about us section on their website is that how to tell a bible believing church is is that is really really praise god so you see that we we really need to retrace our steps and walk back and say god we are sorry we've given birth to babies and we've abandoned them we've left them to chance we've told them look for milk that is closest to your house any church just just spin 360 or you can go alphabetical or you know scan the church the one with nice music the one with good looking young people that you can marry all sorts of reasons that people choose the church you know are the guys they handsome are the ladies they're beautiful are they marriageable age really praise god praise god so the first thing that a child needs to grow is feeding. Somebody say feeding. Somebody say feeding. And that feeding is deliberate by the mother. 
Mm. It is deliberate feeding by the mother. And if under circum any circumstances, the mother cannot deliver that feeding, it is the duty of the mother to make arrangements for what in medicine they call breast milk substitutes. It means that if I have a new convert that for some reason I cannot disciple, it is my duty to hand them over to a person or a place where they can be properly discipled. Somebody say discipleship. Discipleship. It's, uh, it's, it's an endangered species in the church. It's becoming a lost art where people become born again today. Next week, they're already learning about the 10 principles of living a champion's life and they don't understand justification. They don't understand regeneration. And it's just like Latin. It's like calculus. And they are wondering what is going on here. And they, are, they have questions. What is going on in my life? Why, why am I not seeing all these results and possibilities? Why do I feel like an outcast? It's because you need discipleship. Praise God. I said praise God. Let me tell you why we need, you need a teacher. You need a teacher. Can you just put it on screen? Isaiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 12. Isaiah 29, 11 to 12. You know, there's a story in Acts. I believe it's Acts chapter 8. You don't have to go there. Let's stay here. How oh, there was a, a, a eunuch who had visited town and was walking back, reading the book of the prophet. And he was just reading it. He was reading it like literature. Reading it as an intellectual discourse. And many people, that is still the relationship they have with the Bible. They are just reading just reading. Let me tell you, if you read your Bible as letter, the Bible tells us what the outcome is. It leads to death. And that is why many people will say they will never be Christians. You know, I flipped to some book. that God, you know, so much genocide, infanticide, all sorts in the Bible. Yes, that, those are the things in the letter of the scripture. However, you need a teacher that can introduce the spirit, teach you, grow you, mentor you in the spirit behind the letters. Praise God. Isaiah 29, 11. He says, the old vision has become to you like the words of a book that is sealed, sealed, which men deliver to one who is literate. So you can see here, what we are not talking about is education. Of course, a more educated person under normal circumstances, might be able to read and understand better than an uneducated person, right? So he says, read this please. He says, I cannot for it is sealed. So to the literate, it is sealed. The next verse, he says, then the book is delivered to the one who is illiterate, saying, read this please. And he says, I am not literate. I can't even read it in the first place. So everybody needs a teacher. Understandest thou what thou readest? That was the question. You won't understand it. Let me just let you know now. Your Bible will be a boring book to you if your interaction is at the level of the letter. Praise God. Praise God. So what is discipleship? Discipleship, I know this is not a typical Sunday morning sermon, but please follow me. Discipleship is a systematic unveiling of the person of the Christ. It's a systematic unveiling. It's in sections. All right, you are walked through. Somebody is walking you through and teaching you the ropes and telling you this is what it means to have faith. This is what baptism means. This is what repentance means. This is what justification means. This is what sanctification means. This is what mind renewal means. This is what prayer means. This is what fasting means. This is why we fast. This is why we pray. And this is how a generation is about to be lost. We don't have answers to a lot of questions. Why do we pray? 
Why do we close our eyes? Especially for, for young parents listening to me. Your kids are going to start asking you questions. Don't give them the answers your parents gave you. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Praise God. They're going to ask you every question. Every question. Why do we dress up when we're going to church on Sunday? Why do we worship on Sunday? Is Sabbath really Saturday? They're going to have questions, which is why, you know, here in KICC, the Lord has instructed us to have a systematic mentorship program for young adults. Specifically, it's open to anyone for young adults. Third Saturday of every month, but when it's time, we will make the details known to you. It's not going to be broadcast live. It won't be an online event. It's going to be a no-shame, safe atmosphere where we ask tough questions and we'll dig out answers from scriptures. Praise God. Praise God. So it's systematic unveiling of the character, the person, the knowledge of the Christ. And it's a spectrum from milk all the way to what the Bible calls strong meat. Now let me just put this out there so you know. Milk is the word of God. Strong meat is the word of God. It is not the word of God in Latin or the word of God in Greek or the word of God in Hebrew. The people whose native language is Greek, read it in Greek already, all right? So they don't have any advantage by being Greeks. Maybe they have a bit more understanding of some technical concepts. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. So that's not strong meat. Strong meat is not you knowing more Greek because you have a lot of riffraffs now who tell you, do you know the Greek word for pray? So how can you pray? Hey, you don't need to know the Greek word for prayer for you to pray. You learn to pray by praying and be mentored in the art of prayer. Praise God. Praise God. Are you still with me this morning? I do not want to lose you. Follow me. Follow me. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. For those writing and taking notes, you can write it down. It says, Therefore, little children, as newborn babes, desire, therefore, the sincere milk, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Praise God. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 also tells us that the skillful use of this word, the skillful workings and provings of this milk you've interacted with translates you from a level of infanthood to mastery. He says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. 14. He says, but solid food, another version says, strong meat belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. Praise God. Praise God. So the first dimension of feeding there is discipleship. Discipleship. The second dimension of feeding is mentorship. Somebody say mentorship. Mentorship. Praise God. Now I know there might be some watching who are motivational speakers or some watching who are management consultants or some watching who are life coaches. All right. And I know this is your field. This is your terrain. All right, and you might not think uh, I have any credibility to share any thoughts in this area. All right, but as one anointed of God, I'll teach the scriptures. Praise God. I've heard life coaches and motivational speakers define mentorship as a one and one on one system of interaction of a more matured, more experienced person with a younger, not necessarily in age, but in experience and the content of stuff. All right, and, and, and the emphasis there is that you cannot be mentored by someone who you do not know, or someone cannot mentor you without knowing they are mentoring you. It means, for instance, now I can't just wake up and say, Bill Gates is my mentor. He doesn't know who I am, 
He, if you ask him to guess one billion people, he might not guess me, all right? And I can't claim that he's mentoring me, all right? So I, I get that school of thought, but please follow me. We are not talking about world systems here and, and, and life coaching. We are talking about the Word of God. Mentorship as a system in the Word of God can be passive and it can be active. Passive there means that the person mentoring you knows that they are mentoring you. And the active that they are not, they, they may not know you, but you are being mentored by them. That's passive. Active means they know you and there is deliberateness. There are tasks. There is review. There is feedback. All right? And that is the best and most sophisticated version. However, many of us are not able to boast of that. Praise God. Praise God. Follow me. Follow me. In the things of the spirit, there is need for mentorship. And mentorship can be highly successful even if it is passive. Even if it is passive. Praise God. Praise God. For, for example, um, if someone comes and tells me, says, PD, do you know how many messages you have on Spotify? I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe 50, maybe 60, maybe 70. And the guy says, 76. That's the number. 76. Like, okay. 76. Okay. He says, well, there's actually one that didn't upload completely. I was like, oh, how do you even know that? He said, I've listened to all your messages at least three times. And I've been blessed. Now, that, that's somebody I don't know. Maybe sending me an email or we're having a phone conversation. Now, that person has been more mentored by me than somebody who attends KICC and barely even listens through the message and maybe doesn't go back to listen to it. Hello, I'm, I'm, not, subbing, I'm not subbing anyone. I'm not subbing you guys. Praise God. Praise God. But you get the point. Passive mentorship can be so successful. You know, gone are the days when you hear people say, I've read all of Kenneth Hagin's books. I've finished everything. He's, he's not even alive to mentor you in person, but his materials are there. Gone are the days when people say, oh, I've read all of Pastor Matthew's books. I've finished everything cover to cover. You might not know him. He might not know you by name, but it's possible to glean of that grace completely. It's a lost art, and it is coming back in the name of Jesus. That hunger will be restored to us, and we will tap into graces in the name of Jesus. So that mentorship there can be passive, and it can be active. The most important thing is that there is a transmission and it is deliberate. And the responsibility for that is on the mentee. It's on the mentee. The main responsibility is on you to pace yourself. You know, sometimes, especially in active mentorship, they make you earn it. They make you earn it. These are people who precious time with, 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 with the world, literally, to attend to. So you have to earn it. You have to earn it. Praise God. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Why do we need mentors? In our growth process, we are learning the Christ. We are learning about Christ. We might not have that clarity as to his nature, his character, his, 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 his dynamics, his teachings, the understanding of his teachings, the understanding of the spirit behind the words. All right? So Paul says right there, he says, imitate me. Another version says, follow me as I also imitate Christ. So I have a closer understanding a deeper measure of the stature, a deeper knowledge of the Son of God. So, you imitate me, you follow me, let me mentor you, even as I am being mentored by the Christ and growing in my knowledge of the Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Titus chapter 1 verse 4, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2. Paul came across many people in his missionary journeys, lots of people, lots of interactions, but there were two of them that were sons to him. 
he could consider them as sons, and they were also doing ministry. Titus chapter 1, verse 4, he says, My son, my son in whom I have birthed in the faith. The same thing about Timothy, okay, verse 4, a true son, a true son in our common faith. You can go to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, the same thing, a true son, a true son. <coughs> and that's because there are a lot of fake sons, praise God, hallelujah. All right, let's just move on with this sermon. Some people say the shades are too subtle. You know, pastor is throwing subs. He's just throwing subs around. Praise God. They are fake, fake, fake mentees about. They are after something. They are not after grace. Okay, let's leave that there. Praise God. So, under feeding, there is discipleship. There is mentorship. And the third is ministry oversight. Ministry oversight. Ministry oversight. Ministry oversight. It means that God as a good father in his wisdom has designed us not to live and to grow by ourselves. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. You find Christians who say things like, now that I'm born again, I don't need anybody. I don't need no church. I don't need no pastor. In fact, I just read the scripture. I stumbled on it, you know. I was just flipping and the Holy Spirit said, stop. And I stopped and I opened and I saw you do not need anyone to teach you. You do not need a teacher. For the spirit of the Holy One lives in you. You have an unction from the Holy One. And I received that as Rema. As Rema. A word in season for me. Because I don't trust pastors of nowadays. I don't want to be in church. I don't want anybody to step on my toes. I just want to love God and go to heaven. Well, that's not the design. That is not the design. Psalms chapter 68 verse 6. Psalms chapter 68 verse 6. Psalms 68 verse 6. I don't know if they're going to, to give us that scripture. Psalms chapter 68, 68 verse 6. Praise God. Is it coming up? It's not coming up. It says that he plants, he places the solitary in families. He places the solitary in families. But the key point in that verse I want to bring out, it says, but the rebellious will dwell in a dry land. Hmm. The rebellious, the ones who insist on their own terms, on their own ways, on their own lifestyle, on their own mentorship program, on their own discipleship program, on their own growth program, on the things they are interested in learning, rather than submitting to a ministry oversight under the leadership of a pastor. Can I say this? If you are listening to me, and you're a pastor, and you're saying, well, this is just for members. It's for us too. Every pastor needs a pastor. Every pastor needs a pastor. Hmm. Every pastor, in fact, if your pastor does not have a pastor, you have my permission <laughs> to dispastor your pastor. Praise God. I know some people are going to come after me after this message. Praise God. I have pastors over me. Not a pastor. Pastors. Every Sunday that I preach and teach the word, I sit down and listen to at least two or three solid teachings to replenish myself. Because there is me, the individual, that has to grow. And there is me, the servant, and the steward that has to feed the flock. I have to pay attention to my own growth and my development every Sunday without fail. Sometimes morning and evening service. <laughs> so that's three sermons a Sunday. Sometimes four. Four. 
The only time I relax a bit are the Sundays where I'm not the one preaching here. Maybe we have one of our ministers or pastors. Then I know I've been fed today. So I can, I can rejoice and meditate on this word. Praise God. Every pastor needs, especially for pastors in ministries that are not denominationally structured. All right? I'm not talking of somebody you report to. That is a requirement. I'm talking of somebody you submit to as a voice over your life. Praise God. Praise God. Did they put that scripture for us? Psalm 68 verse 6. Let's just read it and then we will go to 1 Corinthians 4 verse 15. Our scripture is still working. I have to move on by myself. It says the rebellious will dwell in a dry land. The rebellious will dwell in a dry land. So we need, we need that oversight. 1 Corinthians 15, I believe it says, which one do they have? Okay. God sets the solitary in families. It brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Because of our time, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. He said, for though you might have 10,000 instructors. Now, that's for the YouTube people. Can you see that? Paul saw this coming. He said 10,000. At the time when he was writing this, it was a figure of speech. But now, it is literally fact that you can have 10,000 instructors. Probably more. I do not know the number of churches online. And you find people saying, what church do you attend? Oh, we say this week I stream KICC. Next week I, I stream IKCC. You know, the week after I, I stream CIKC. All right. All right. Some people say, oh, give our church a shout out. We love you. We love you. We love you. I, I just can't give everybody a shout out. So I just don't want to start it. But we love you. We have no problem giving shout outs. Praise God. There are ministries that we feel tightly connected to that are doing amazing work around us and in the world. Praise God. Praise God. But a YouTube subscription that you click subscribe doesn't make you the member of a church. There is no oversight over you. You have been instructed, yes. You have 10,000 instructors, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Praise God. Praise God. I feel led to, to take a pause here and to continue this next week. Because we still have to talk about training and we still have to talk about testing as dynamics of growth dynamics of growth. But before I leave this, someone is listening to me and he's saying, how do I know the ministry oversight over me? Now, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying leave your church. I'm not saying leave your pastor. I'm not saying leave where you're being fed. I am saying that there are voices that God installs over your life to be prophetic voices that are responsible for your growth and development and for activating the potential on your insights to maximize greatness. All right? And I'm going to show you how I have been able to discern these individuals in my life. There are a couple of them, not too many, not too many. I mean, the obvious one to everybody watching, your first guest is the right guest. I listen to Pastor Matthew every Sunday. I listen to the morning service. I listen to the fire by night service. Every Sunday. Every, without fail. There are other pastors I listen to. Also, by the leading of the Spirit. It's not a million. It's not all the channels on YouTube. All of them can instruct you, but not all of them will profit you. How do you know the ones that will profit you? Practical steps. Every time all you hear is what someone is saying, then most likely... That is not a prophetic voice over your life. I'm going to say that again. Every time that all you hear are the only things that someone is saying, 
then that voice is not a prophetic voice over your life. When you are listening to a prophetic voice over your life, they are saying things you are hearing more. By the time we take your notes and we compare them with the notes of the pastor, even the pastor will say, oh, oh I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that I said that. Say, sir, you, may, you might not have said that. Ma, you might not have said that. But as you were speaking, I heard the voice of the Spirit of God lay this on my heart. And then I wrote it down. It's been my experience. I have people they not necessarily old with gray hair. Some of them are very young. I follow their ministries closely. I learn. Learn. Praise God. Praise God. So just a quick recap. The unity of the faith, not uniformity. The knowledge of the Son of God. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There is feeding discipleship. There is mentorship, hunger, hunger, consumption of material, walking, pacing. Praise God. And then there's ministry oversight. Ministry oversight. We'll continue by God's grace next week. Our time is fast spent. I want to pray. I want to pray on the anointing oil. It doesn't have to be olive oil. I want to pray very quickly on the anointing oil. I hope you've been blessed this morning. Wherever you find yourself on this scale, on this cadre, if there's anything I want you to live with, take responsibility for your growth. Take responsibility for your growth. Connect and ensure that you are being taught the character of the Son of God. You are not just being taught how to behave, how to speak, how to sound Christian, how to say it is well and bless you. No. There is instruction in knowledge. There is pacing Praise God. Praise God. And that grace for hunger is in the room this morning. There's an anointing, a grace for hunger that can be communicated, that can be transferred to you. And you find yourself voraciously interested in the word, in books. You've never read a book in forever. You suddenly find yourself investing in materials, sitting down. Normally, you just watch YouTube videos and you stroll through. Now, you see yourself getting a notepad, jotting taking notes, practical action points. You hear the Spirit of God giving you, bringing you revelation and instruction. It is my prayer that that will be your experience. In the mighty name of Jesus, I will wrap up this conversation by God's grace next week. Praise God. Please bring out the anointing oil. Whatever oil it is that you have, bring it out. Um, it was just last week, Pastor Matthew did this at the fire by night service. Prayed upon the oil and instructed the people uh, in the Old Testament, the instruction was blood on your doorpost and on your lintel. All right. For you, you're going to take the oil after we've prayed for it. It's not a lot of oil. And you do the same thing on your doorpost and the side lintels. You just anoint it and you will make that bold declaration that the anointing of God's protection is over this home and over this family. Those who are home and abroad. All right. So, it's a physical activity with a spiritual implication. It means that your spouse might be abroad, your daughter might be abroad, they might be somewhere far away, but by virtue of that covenant, it says, for me and my house, even Rahab the prostitute, alright, it says, ah, uh, household, our parents, our siblings, and all that you're with her. That sounds to me like friends. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And then we will take the communion also. For those who are joining online and you are wondering, what is the anointing oil? Why do you take communion? 
Well, the communion is one of the things we do. Um, if you choose to be a part of us here, we have a systematic training on what we believe as a church and some of the ordinances that we take very seriously. One of them is the communion. We do it in remembrance. Jesus said to do it in remembrance of him. We do it because the wine signifies his blood and the bread signifies his body. And we know that we cannot come in contact with his blood and his body and remain the same. He says do this often. He doesn't say do it monthly or do it once in a year. The frequency is not stipulated, but we do it often. All right, here in KICC, we do it every month. We do it every month. And for this month of April, we are, we are standing on the authority of God's word. That it's going to be a month of exemption. In the mighty name of Jesus, the blood will stand for you. And you will be exempted. Your family will be exempted from every evil. In the mighty name of Jesus. So bring it out. Let's pray very quickly. Let's pray. Praise God. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. That's one person in the house hold the oil. That might be the father of the house. Anyone. Might be the child. Let somebody hold the oil and connect as we pray this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the anointing of your spirit because we know there is no distance in the spirit. I speak words of power into every home connected to this broadcast that at the sound of my voice, virtue is transmitted into them. And as their hands make contact with what we in the physical will designate as just oil, we release the anointing of your spirit upon it. That as they in faith take that prophetic action in obedience and put this on their doorposts and on their lintels, let it signify exemption from every disaster, from every plague, from every pestilence, from every destroyer. In the mighty name of Jesus, that we stand upon your word, that there will be no loss. In that home, there will be no loss. In that family, there will be no loss. In the name of Jesus, whatever looks like loss, there will be divine restoration. In the name of Jesus, thank you, gracious Father, for in Jesus' name we're afraid. In Jesus' name we're afraid. Please bring out the wine. Bring out the wine. Bring out the wine. Bring out the wine. Bring out the bread. Bring out the wine. Bring out the bread. Wherever you are, you can hold yours. Wherever you are, you can hold yours. Don't worry about me. I'm going to get mine shortly. But wherever you are, hold yours. Hold your wine. Serve yourself just a little. You can drink the rest when we are done. Praise God. Cut a little piece of the wafer or of the bread. As we read Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13. All right. I'll give you a few more seconds and ensure everybody is served. Everybody around you. If it's just you, you are not alone. The host of heaven is present right there in your room. Is there celebrating this moment with you because something is about to happen there is about to be a shift in the supernatural in medicine when blood comes in contact with blood there is an expectation of a form of reaction there is an expectation something 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 must change as you eat of his body as you drink of his blood there is a quickening there is a quickening in your spirit man praise god exodus chapter 12 verse 13 he says, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now the blood shall be 
a sign for me, a sign for my family, a sign for my spouse, a sign for my children, a sign for our church. All the houses where we are, that when the blood is seen, evil will pass over us. The plague will pass over us. Destruction will pass over us. We will not be destroyed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hold it up, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your children doing this in obedience. As foolish and as stupid as we look right now. Lifting the same juice we've taken before. The same bread we've eaten before. And we believe, we are stupid enough to believe that it signifies your blood. And it signifies your body. We ask that your power that confounds the wise with foolishness will transmit this indeed to blood. And this indeed to flesh. That as we consume it, let there be a change in us. From our spirits to our souls to our bodies. Let there be a complete shift in dynamics as it makes contact with the cells of our bodies and with the nerves and neurons in our beings and our arteries and our vessels. As it makes contact with our digestive system, let there be a transmission of power. Let there be a transmission of power. Let there be a transmission of power that strangers will flee. Strangers will flee. Infirmity will flee. In the name of Jesus, every mark of destruction will flee. In the name of Jesus, there is a quickening. There is a quickening. There is a quickening to the glory of your name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Please feel free wherever you are to drink and to eat and just begin to pray. Begin to pray where you are. We are rounding up shortly. In a few minutes. In a few minutes. We're rounding up. We're rounding up in a few minutes. I'll sing a couple of worship songs. Wherever you are, just continue to worship in the spirit. And begin to maximize this moment. It's a moment of power. It's a sacred moment. It's a moment of deliverance for many. It's a moment of deliverance for many. For some, it's a moment of instruction. For some, it's a moment of clarity. For some, it's a moment of escape. For some, it's a moment of breakthrough. Don't miss this moment. Don't say, I'm home by myself. Nobody is seeing me. God is right there with you. His presence is right there with you. Maximize this moment. If you have a prayer language, begin to pray in the spirit. La pianosi, zipana pashana lege de bosa, lege rete boso kanianasa, zepaya kalakeye dosa, zapane ketele boja. The anointing of the spirit invades your space. La krinanosa, paya la begedeisa, zepele kete morokosa, pale yegede, nekeye pere kete zebeaga, mampila agri adosi labashe, gede yadosi. Nabalata. Amen. You were seated on the throne. Holy is our God. Hallelujah. Amen. You reign forevermore. There is no one else like you. Hallelujah. Amen. You were seated on the throne. Holy is our God. Hallelujah. 
You reign forevermore. And there is no one else, there is no one else like you. Hallelujah. We say Amen. Amen. You were seated on the throne. Ah, my God is seated, he's not ruffled. Peace. 
Dans As you know, we will never close any service without giving you an opportunity. If you've not made a decision for Jesus, everything we've just talked about is gibberish. Everything we've just done is, is rubbish. If you've not made a decision for Jesus. If you're listening to me, and this is your first time, or you've done it before, but you know that nothing changed. You know that it was just formality, and you are ready to do it now. Saying, I want to receive your life. I want to release there's, there's, there's a realness about this communication that is true. I want a taste of it. I want to pray with you this morning and agree with you. Father, for as many connected to us who do not know you, and they are saying, I want to meet my Savior. I've lived a terrible life. I'm wondering if you can accept me. And he says, come unto me. He says, my arms are wide open to receive you. Come, come. I died for you. I died for you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For by grace are ye saved, not by works, lest anyone should boast. Thank you for your grace that has saved your son, your daughter. As they come before your throne, desiring a new experience, it is only your power that can make new. We can attempt to simulate behavior changes, new behavior, but it won't last. We can only pretend for so long. I pray that the power that causes lasting change, the spirit that enters into a man, into a woman, and turns them into a new person, let it enter into this one. As they acknowledge your death, as they acknowledge that you were buried, as they acknowledge that you resurrected, as they acknowledge that you're alive today and you live in them. They are welcoming to your family in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've heard us. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. If you just said that prayer, congratulations. Please, please get in touch with us. We don't want to say look for a Bible-believing church. If you are nearby, we will love you to fellowship with us in the Mississauga area. If you are far away, we can hand you over, hand you over uh, to a place where we know that you will be properly taught and discipled. So please get in touch. We've been receiving a lot of testimonies. Please don't stop sending in your testimonies. Don't stop sending in your testimonies. We have the forums on the website. If you have any prayer requests, let us know. Our website is www.kicccanada.traces.ca Alright, get in touch with us. You might be in isolation, but do not isolate yourself. We are physical, physically distancing, but we are still connected. So let's use those avenues to stay in touch. Praise God. And God bless you. God bless you richly. God bless you real good. Praise God. If this is your church, this is your home church, we believe in giving. We give out of love. We give our tithes. We give our offerings. We give our pledges. Please, you don't have to be in church physically to give. There are multiple ways to do that. You can do an email transfer. You can give online. I'm sure the details will be on your screen on how to give. All right. And if this is not your church, you just want to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free by all means uh, to participate. I hope I will see you very soon. We meet next on Wednesday, 7 p.m. 
connect with us on all our social media channels find us on youtube subscribe find us on facebook like our page find us on instagram follow us i was going to say we will follow you back i think they do that anyways praise god all right and just stay stay connected to the word stay connected to the word say with me i am blessed come on say with me i am blessed come on say it like you believe it i am blessed and the blessing of the lord is at work in me i am blessed and the blessing of the lord is at work in me the fruit of my body is blessed my spouse is blessed my children are blessed the works of my hands are blessed everything i lay my hands upon to do is blessed this week i receive good news this week i experience the supernatural this week i come back rejoicing in the mighty name of jesus thank you gracious father for in jesus name we are prayed in jesus name we are prayed before you run away let's share the grace in fellowship May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, sweet fellowship of your spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Find somebody in your vicinity and tell them, surely, surely, God's goodness, God's mercy follows us all the days of our lives and we dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Remember, you are a champion and it is still your year of shining. God bless you and see you soon. for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you. Oh,